Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We apologize for that really long break. Uh, Big Mac has this weird infatuation with playing a lot of commercials, so my apologies. We yeah, it's, fix this that. Whole, it's this whole thing about like my job. I have a, <laughs> it's really tough when you know they give you a certain amount of spots that you have to play. Otherwise, you know, you we, get we emails. Did, we didn't need a full explanation. Well, I know, but sometimes you... This is the way we bust each other's balls, I think Jerry, Jerry earlier mentioned about, like, half-truths and leaving things out. Omissions. Omissions. <laughs> yeah, it's not the a lie, it's an just, omission. Just the, you know, coming on the air going, sorry for that long break, it's all Big Mac's fault because well, he likes to play did commercials. You, hold on, did you play the commercials that we I just I certainly played? did. I did. All right, then it's his fault. Okay. Would you agree, Jerry? I don't like what's happening here. There's all sorts of technicalities, and that's that's where we live. I'm just here for the day. People. <laughs> you don't want to pick sides for the rest of uh, not, your... not quite yet. No, uh, if you have me back on another Friday one day, maybe, Try but not to, quite uh, yet. Listen, trust me, pick Evan's side; it will work better. <laughs> we all know. Well, that. we do have Jerry Ferrara sitting in for Craig. There is some news from earlier today. Mike Anderson, head coach of St. John's, fired. Not a surprise, uh, based on the failures of the last couple of years. And it's naturally linking towards this idea of hiring Rick Pitino, which they should do if you want to win. It's kind of simple. The guy's a hell of a coach. He's done a great job at Iona. He's got an incredible resume, as we've seen throughout college and even in the NBA with the Knicks. Like, if you want to win, if you want St. John's to advance to a Big East semifinals for the first time in, like, 26 years, which is remarkable to me, you hire Rick Pitino. The problem is, I have to be fair, Rick Patino's had scandals at like every place he's been. And that story from 15 years ago about the, uh, the woman and the sex and the Italian restaurant, I don't know if St. John's would love that story ever being talked about again. You mean when Rick Patino's friend went over and said, You want to meet Rick Patino? <laughs> <laughs> that, that one? Yeah. Uh, it's really, you know, it is really, this is an interesting situation because you're right. They need to win. I've been waiting for them to win since Felipe Lopez was yeah, around. Yeah, I used to yeah. watch Felipe Lopez in high school. I was never more excited for a basketball team in my life than him and Zendon Hamilton. That was a disappointment, and it's been nothing but a lot of disappointment. So, on a basketball level... Hire him. Hire him. I mean, it's easy. But and, the scandal level, uh, you might want to talk to Speedy Claxton or something. And that's the funny thing. Like, for me, I don't know. I want to win. 
And I, and I hate to sound so immoral, but I'd want to win. And Rick Pitino has gotten in some trouble. A lot of it mostly recruiting violations the way it ended in Louisville. The story with the woman is that he actually sued the woman for extorting him. Um, they had, they did have relations. It was very quick, according to his words. That's what I'll never forget about it. I think he said it was only 15 seconds and it was unfortunate. And I'm sure it was. But so he didn't do anything illegal. I want to make that clear about that. It was more embarrassing. And it was more, would St. John's want to be associated with that plus the other scandals? If we're being fair about it. And I'm looking at it in terms of if I'm running St. John's and I want to win. Am I able to look past those things to say, well, hopefully none of that happens again, and he wins for us? And I think like most fans of a team, I'd say, yeah, let's go. I, I think that's what a lot of the fans would say. I do think like, they, they have to conduct a, a real search here. I know it was, you know, Mike Anderson wasn't, you know, the person you thought that would take over after Mullen, and it happened the way it happened. I think you really got to run a search here, though. If you're not just going to say, hey, let's hire Patino, take that shot, and if we fire him, we'll have to pay him a bunch of money for not coaching, too. You really got to, you got, you got to kick the tire. You got to find, you know, Speedy Claxton's funny, but you got to find the next great young head right. coach. Right. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm right. actually not kidding. Like, I do, that is someone, a great job. That, yeah, that's someone they should absolutely talk to if you don't want to go the, hey, let's get the 71 year old guy in here with right. a lot of history and pedigree. Yeah, you got to find is Speedy Claxton that next great college basketball coach. Maybe he is. And they really need to take that seriously. And yeah, it's a very... I don't want to be making that decision, honestly. Yeah, it's tough because you are be, a Catholic institution right. and you've got to say, this is why we're hiring a guy who's got this on his resume and right. that on his resume. Uh, yesterday, and it wasn't a surprise either, and I know a lot of people listening may not be Georgetown fans, but the firing of Patrick Ewing was fascinating to me because... Even earlier in the show, you talked about loving Don Mattingly. I was on this radio station doing middays with Joe when they were replacing Joe Torrey. And there were three finalists for that job. There was Tony Pena, there was Joe Girardi, and there was Don Mattingly. And the reason I was afraid of Mattingly as a manager had nothing to do with what he turned out to be as a manager, which I didn't know at the time he had never managed. It was, do you want to fire a legend? And St. John's had to do it with Chris Mullen. Georgetown has to do it with Patrick Ewing. I didn't have to do it with Jason Kidd, but it was a fear I had when Kidd coached the team for a year. There's something scary about that guy now being in the line of fire. And I don't know that it ever ruins their legacy necessarily, but I'd always want to now stay away from that. Like, I don't know if I ever want David Wright managing the New York Mets. Do you want Derek Jeter managing the New York Yankees? Uh, really? <laughs> well, I, I just, I, I, I think it, <laughs> do I want Aaron Boone managing the New York Yankees? Oh, are Might you a Boone a, hater, by the way? I'm not a hater. Not, I'm not, I'm not anti, like, fire him tomorrow, but uh, we're getting a lot of at-bats here, Aaron Boone. You've had a lot no, of I at-bats. I so, like, I, I'm not saying fire him tomorrow, but uh, if this year there's no progress and we really don't. I mean, we got to see something okay. this year. Okay, now, that's a fair opinion, but I want you to imagine that everything you just said was about Derek Cheater. Like, is that something you really want to live in the no, world of? No, like, it's the equivalent of, you know, we we're talk, we talked a lot about who's the most famous person on my phone. Like, do you really want to meet your favorite athlete or, right. your, or your favorite celebrity or actor? Because if they're not a nice person or not nice to you, that might ruin your perception. I think for the morale of your franchise, like, it happens all the time. And I do like giving the legends the shot. But for the morale of your franchise or your fans when it doesn't work out, it's devastating. Yeah. You know, Patrick Ewing was a coaching the Knicks and he got fired that— 
I mean, I don't Dude. even want to know how I would feel about that. It would that. suck. It'd and, be and be terrible. Be, and before you fire the guy, it starts with you disliking the guy. Right. It starts with you, you know, right now, if you want to criticize Tom Thibodeau, it's like, eh, Thibodeau did something dumb, and there's no emotional level to it. I rip Jacques Vaughn or Steve Nash. Who cares? Buck Showalter even to me is met manager. But once the guy you're criticizing is somebody that gave you so much joy as a player, and I know eventually you'll be able to separate the two, dude, it's got to suck in the moment. The moment you're saying as a Georgetown fan, oh my God, Patrick Ewing can't coach, is depressing. The moment where you rip Jeter for taking a pitcher out too early, you're going to feel dirty. Yeah, and I feel compromised because I don't know if I could rip Jeter. <laughs> you know, see? I feel compromised already. And it's funny because in baseball, I feel like you do see it a little more. Like, you know, Torrey wasn't a Yankee legend as a player. Right. But, you know, he was a good baseball player. And, like, I, I just feel like with basketball, so I'm trying to think, actually, who's the most successful coach who was a, a legend or at least a very valuable player to that organization. There are examples from the past, like Bill Russell coached the Celtics. Of course, that's the, yes, but um, that, like, we actually saw with our own eyes. Yeah, like, I, I we, can't, we, right? don't, we don't really have it, at least over the last 30 years. I mean, it's guys, like, think about Joe, you nailed it with Joe Torre. Joe Torre had no history with the Yankees. Zero. <laughs> Davey Johnson, when he's managing the Mets, he actually made the last out of the 69 World Series as an Oriole, right? <laughs> right. Even now with Buck Showalter, Boone is interesting because Boone's not a Yankee legend, but he was a part of a legendary moment. Right. But that doesn't make you hesitate at all to rip him. No, but to fire Mattingly as the Yankee coach, even Girardi was rough. Like, Girardi, I wouldn't say, was a Yankee legend. He hit a huge triple against the Braves. In, in, that in, was a big moment. was a huge triple, one of the biggest hits in the series. I love Girardi for that. That even didn't feel great. You know? Yeah. Morale-wise, as a fan, it just doesn't feel great. It that, hurts your morale. And, you know, Jason Kidd coached the Nets for one year, and he wasn't fired. He, he tried to kind of take over the organization, and then they traded him essentially to the Bucks. That's how it went for Jason Kidd. And as I sit here today, all these years later, I'll never forget what he did as a player, but it, it is a little like, oh, Jason Kidd. Like, it does come into my head about how things went for a year, and I hate that. Like, I hate the fact that when I think about a guy who is the best New Jersey net of all time. That's your all-time favorite net? No, um, no, he was the best New Jersey net of all time. My all-time favorite net was probably uh, this. Come on, do it. I know we did favorite Yankee. You let me do, you let me go favorite Yankees of so, all time. <laughs> there was a guy I really loved, and then something really, really bad happened, and I realized that he shouldn't be my favorite player. Is that a Fair. I, I think I know who you're talking about, but so, it, I loved uh, Jason Williams. Yeah, yeah, okay. And he accidentally killed somebody. You like, too, yeah, oh, that's yeah. really bad. And then, not accidentally, tried to cover it up. Now, Jason Williams has served his time. He's right. out now. I think he's found God. Like, I'm happy for him. I want him to live the best life he can in that regard. But that kind of damaged my whole, this is my favorite player thing. No, that, you can't say that. And you framed it really well now. Thank like, you. But that's great. But, no, you have to find a new all-time favorite net. I'm sorry. Uh, Richard Jefferson, I love. All right. Big RJ guy. I love him because he pisses you guys off. He always rips the Knicks. I love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I really thought his call in that Celtic game when they were, when someone was at the free throw line is like, I know Randall has 5,000, but he needs to dive into the key to get this offensive rebound on a free throw and risk his sixth foul. I'm like, wow, that's hot. that's 
That's from a former player. Yeah. He's got strong opinions, Interesting man. Interesting analysis. And my favorite Met was DeGrom. And it's weird how it got there. It got there because I thought he was disrespected by every Met fan. And that was the case at the end, too. But early yeah. on, when he won Rookie of the Year, and he was pitching Game 1 and Game 5 of the NLDS, I always felt that Harvey was given more love, Syndergaard was given more love, and I was like, what are we doing? This guy's the best pitcher. So my fandom of DeGrom later in life, because it's not like I was a kid, obviously. I'm in my 30s, and here's a favorite player, was more of the disrespect right. that I thought he was given by other Mets fans. Unfair disrespect. Uh, yeah, maybe the moral of the story is, I'm not saying don't hire legends, but they... They just fall hard when they do. Because think about every coach and manager of every team you've ever rooted for. They've all been fired. Joe Torre was essentially fired. Uh, don't give me that. Oh, they didn't renew his stop. He was fired. It was over. Tom Coughlin was fired. He wanted to remain coaching the New York Giants. Now, those are guys that won a ton of championships, and they were fired. So 99% of the time, if you hire a legend, understand you're going to fire him. Now, maybe you'll fire him after championships. I get that. And so you think back to Joe Torre and Tom Coughlin, and it's all great. It's all rosy, but you're going to fire that guy. And I think Patrick Ewing over the last few days is a reminder of that. And so for any Yankee fan, when Boone does something stupid, because Jeter's around now, so I know what you guys are going to do. You're all going to fantasize about Derek Jeter managing. I can see it now. Let this be a warning. For you too over there, Stop. Jerry. Don't look at me. I don't think he wants to. Luckily, I don't think he wants to manage. Doesn't so. matter if he wants it. <laughs> Are you calling up Sports Talk Radio to scream, Jeter should manage, Jeter should manage? Because bet your ass other people will. Oh, I'm sure. I'm surprised it actually hasn't come up today. No, not yet. Not until Boone does something stupid. Got to give it some time. That pitching mistake he makes in game three of the season, that will cause people to say, all right, done with this guy. Boone sucks. Let's hire Jeets. Yeah, there was quite a few in that Guardian series. I was kind of uh, <laughs> very, I was actually at some of those games in Cleveland. I was uh, very upset. Oh, the road games. Yeah. Don't tell me you went to that walk-off. That was tremendous. I did. I did. Oh, no. I was there. That sucks. It, it, that that hurt. And I had a nice parlay, too, because I bet with my favorite team. And really? that, that hurt. Yeah, no, that hurt. That hurt. Dude, when, you, when they lost that game, did you, like, fly out of the stadium, or did you soak in the atmosphere of Cleveland celebrating? Like, What do you do? I... I Respectfully put my head down and I walk out. You get the hell out. I of get that. out because yeah. you know what? You know, I, I know that the home fans would love to torture me, and they were torturing me all game. Uh, I have your moment. It's great, right? Have your moment. I'm out. I'm out. Were you wearing a Yankee jersey? You had to be wearing a Yankee. Jersey, I had. Right? I go hat. Just hat. Yeah, the jersey. I don't know. I just feel like I've outgrown. I, I, I spent half my entourage career wearing jerseys. That's true. So <laughs> That's I'm basically wearing my work uniform to the game. So I leave the work uniform. That's, you know what? I never thought about it that yeah. way. That's a fair point. Uh, let's go to Joe in Staten Island. What's going on, Joe? Hello, hey, Joe. Hey, what's up, boys? Oh, we're good. What's up? What? Listen, Jerry. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think they're going to get Rodgers. I have a feeling that Green Bay's going to back out last minute because they're going to want more for what they they're going to want more for him than originally said. Because there's going to be another team that's going to sneak in. That's one. Two, Jerry, you're a great basketball player because we grew. I grew up in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, too, on 76 in the Utrecht. Went to New Utrecht High School. We actually graduated the same year. Class of '97, right? Is it '97 yes, or '96? I don't remember where I graduated. I'm shocked that I actually did 90- graduate. Yeah, me too. That makes two of us. But, um, yeah, uh, we used to play basketball at Dyker, but you didn't know me. I was like one of those walk-on kids. You did play a good game, but. Thank you for that. Did you ever see me call an offensive foul in your life? (laughs) 
Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And when are you going to start doing Victory the Podcast with your boys, uh, Doug Allen and everybody? Oh, I've done, I've gone on quite often. And, uh, yeah. You got to be on it, bro. Oh, like you permanently? Yeah, you got to be on it. What's the podcast? Uh, Kevin Connolly, who has an amazing yeah. podcast company called Action Park Media. If you, right. Uh, and he has basically, like you mentioned, the recaps of 90210. They yes. do something similar with Entourage. Oh, do they him, really? Doug Allen, the creator, and Kevin and Kevin Dillon, who played drama. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. called Victory, a la drama going victory. Victory of the podcast, where they watch an episode. They have guests. I mean, it's a great pod. It's Bro, a great pod. I think the concept, and to me, this started actually with wrestling. Uh, Bruce Pritchard, who worked behind the scenes forever in WWE, still does. Brother yeah. Love, famously, did a podcast. Still does it. Started about five years ago where he told behind-the-scenes stories. And I got addicted to it. I said, this is the greatest thing ever. And doing it with TV shows and movies, specifically TV shows, is like, to me, the most brilliant idea. Like, if you love the TV show, like Entourage, like 90210, I apologize for using that as an example. I can't get enough of that. Like, that is great. And in your case, or Victory, Victory, it's called? Victory, the podcast. To have the people that created it, is probably better because the thing about the 902101 is it's just two actresses. Like, they know stuff, but they don't know everything. Yeah. They just know what they did. And on theirs, they get, you know, if it was a heavy episode where the Billy Walsh character was prominent, they'll right. bring in Reese Coyer, oh, the actor. They'll bring on Emmanuel Shrieky, who played Sloan, if it's a heavy Sloan episode. You know what it replaced? It replaced DVD commentary. When you yes. still watch your favorite movie or your favorite show, that's what these podcasts essentially are. And I, I eat it up, too. Oh, it's brilliant. I want a Soprano. I think there is a Sopranos one. That's my show. But I, I eat all that stuff up. It's great. Is that your favorite show of all time? I think so. I think I think it is. I apologize. Don't say I, you didn't see it. No, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get it. I just didn't like Sopranos. I is Nine Hundred Two and your favorite show of all time? Is it? Is it's two shows? Okay, right? and they're very, very. Am different. I going to walk out of the studio right now? No, you'll respect me. Okay. The, the other show, I say, you'll say, you may not love it, but you'll say, no, no, that's classic, Evan. I can't, I can't uh, rip that one. All right. Though Craig says something very different whenever I bring the show up. He calls me names, and I don't like it. All in the family. Uh, fair. Great. Understood. All right. But do you have something within the last 10, 10 15 years? Friends? All right. All right. Ooh, no, that? it's a great who, show. Who it's who a, that response? I'm looking for a little grit. I'm looking for yeah. a little. I get it. But I, I see. I, I gotta give you a, comedies are tough, too. I, t- I get into arguments with Evan about this all the time. Like, comedies, you can have a favorite comedy, but it's not. You need, like, a. The story continues. You need to watch the previous. The episode. stories like, continued yeah, on but Friends. Yeah, I mean, but, but, but that's we not were the on point. A break. Of, <laughs> that's not the point of watch. You watch it to get a laugh, and if it's funny. All right. It's so, funny. is the question then, what's your favorite non-comedy TV show? What's your favorite drama? <laughs> not. What's your favorite drama? I love you. Called the non-comedy. What's your favorite drama? Um. So here's what I would say about aside this show. from 90210 because that was in fact a drama. I'm gonna get it was a drama, and I didn't call you out on that. I let it go because it is 90210, and I take my beating every time I mention it. This show I thought had the greatest first season in the history of TV, like flat out. But the problem is the show did not age well. It had a good second season, and then by season three and four, I stopped watching. What show? And that show is Homeland. I was gonna guess Homeland. Uh, you're absolutely right. Wonderful show. If you haven't watched it, everyone listening out there, great show. The first three seasons I put up, the problem became Brody. I don't want to spoil anything. You know, they, they, I don't think Brody was intended to 
beyond past season one, right. and they realize like we need this, we need yeah. them, we need them. So you're absolutely okay. Great, you're safe. By the way, you're allowed to spoil a show that's been on for. All, I for agree, a but it was the Brody issue. Yeah, uh, they they need, you know, he needed to be a part of the show. I, I think the problem was they had such a brilliant first season. There was no way to ever match it. True. Like sometimes something is so good, no matter how hard you try, it could be good. It's just never going to live up to the first. So. I thought Lost was really good, too, for the first few years. It went off the freaking deep end yes. and made no sense by the end. But I'll give I you credit that to you. Up I, I, 90210, particularly the Brenda years, I'm in. Oh, of course. When Brenda leaves, I'm out. I mean, did you I'm see? out. You didn't, you didn't like Valerie Malone? She was crazy. Well, that's not Valerie Malone. We're talking about calling people by their character names. That's Kelly Kapowski. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that's that. That's Kelly Kapowski. That's I know. Not and what an ourselves. adjustment to go from Kelly Kapowski to Valerie Malone. It was a great step. It was great. It was a great move. So, that showed uh, some great versatility on Tiffany's part. I don't hate Tiffany on your t- I, I don't hate on your TV. You pulled it back, and all of the family. Yes, it's a legacy. It's a old. Yes, but I, I am partial to Big Mac's point to comedies like. How I Met Your Mom. I mean, Entourage is up there, too. I binged it with my... I watched the first, like, two seasons when it was out, when it was live, and then I just stopped. And I think it's because yeah. I didn't get HBO. I think something happened. It was very like, expensive back then. You were a young guy coming up in the world. When me and my wife got together, we wanted to binge shows. And I think it was, like, either the first or second show we binged together. Um, but Sopranos, I couldn't get into. And I know everybody loves it. I watched the finale because <clears> I felt like you had to. And I was so bored. But you didn't know what was going. Did you know what was going on? In the I finale? knew that people didn't like each other. And all right, like, well, yeah. maybe you have to. Maybe it might be a rewatch for you. A rewatch, like start from the beginning, open minded. I know you got a lot of things to watch, so it might not. Maybe it's a summer thing for you. July summer thing, oh, with the Mets and the Yankees. <laughs> uh, yeah, July. I'm sure there'll be time. Uh, the show I'd want to rewatch is actually Lost, because I think when you watch that the first time and you have no idea what's coming. Like, you yes. probably pick up on more watching it again and almost knowing the result. Yeah, that's always my favorite question, too, to people. Like, what show do you wish you could watch again for the first time? Not, like, get that feeling of oh, not. Yeah, and yeah. Lost is up there. I think Lost is one of those type of shows because the twist is so good. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Neil's in Howell, New Jersey. Hey, Neil. How, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. First, I just want to say I enjoy all of the shows, and thanks to all of you. I mean, um, you guys have all been great. Well, that's very sweet. Evan, we all say thank you, every single one of us. Evan. Yes. You mentioned how you'd love if the Dolphins signed Brady and you can watch them both fell. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Others have said it as well, which I get with Brady, but I'm 52 and a diehard Yankee fan, Ranger fan, Nick fan, but I'm also a Dolphin fan. Hmm. I just can't understand why people knock and have any dislike towards Miami. You you can't understand that? You're, oh, my goodness. Look, really? You need well, me to explain no, this No, no, no. Can, can I finish? Of course, yes. You got all you got all the time in the, the world. But yours. I can't wait to explain it to you since you're confused. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm smiling and I'm laughing. But oh, okay. We've both been awful forever, correct? Yeah, you've been more awful than us, but sure. Thank you. Okay. So even with Marino, it was fun, but we were never a real threat. Well, you went to a Super Bowl once. That was cute. Yeah, I was like 10. Yeah. Okay. What's your point? Here's what I want. Sorry, okay. sorry. I'm getting to it. Here's what I wanted to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> Watching football, I began to appreciate this Jets team last year. I really did. 
They were exciting, played hard. I am sorry. I got I got to let you go on board. I apologize, and I feel terrible saying that. I always want to be respectful to our callers. Neil sounds like a great guy. Let's call and talk another time. Let me explain to you why I hate the Dolphins. Not you, Neil. Most of your fans are obnoxious. Most of your fans see no flaws with their team. Most of your fans think Dan Marino is the greatest of all time and everyone else sucks. Most of your fans think McDaniel's Vince Lombardi. Most of your fans think is Steve Young. And most of your fans have never seen your franchise win a playoff game. Your fans are delusional. Like, I guess I'm delusional sometimes. I guess I'll own that. But you people, Dolphin fans, are the most delusional. So hopefully in a succinct way, I was able to explain, Jerry, to not just our last caller, but to the audience, why I can't stand the Miami Dolphins. And you also reinforced your lefty bias because you compared two of the Steve Young. I did do that, you damn did. it! You just did the left, like you grabbed the nearest lefty in your mind. Why did I do that? It's a lefty bias. You, you, yeah. Cause it's the, the struggle's real. You yeah. grabbed the nearest lefty in your mind, and it was Steve Young. You're right. He's, he, you know, he's not Scott Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> Go through all the lefty. He's not Cade McNown. <laughs> he's not Boomer Esiason. <laughs> yeah. And guess what? Boomer got to a Super Bowl and won an NFL MVP. Is Tua going to do any of that? Probably not, but according to all you fans out there, you probably think he's already done it. So that's my issue with Dolphin fans. Some of you guys are good people. Most of you guys are just very obnoxious, much like Jerry hates Jet fans because he thinks we're mostly obnoxious and delusional, right? Well, you did kind of say something there that I was gonna, I was gonna try to raise my hand to jump in. Jump on in, baby. Oh uh, well, you said that the Dolphins have been way worse than the Jets for the last. Oh, I mean, that's that, that's not. I wouldn't say way worse. I think okay. it's a close argument. No, the Dolphins have been worse. Um, I agree, and I'm, I'm also a, looking at a time frame. So in the last 23 years, they have been worse. Now, if you yeah. want to go back and include the 70s, Dolphins. Have the Jets beat. For my lifetime, or my adult lifetime, and that's right, I'm moving the goalposts because I feel like it. In the last 25 years, it's not even close. Those two AFC championship games seal it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, no, you're probably right, right? Yeah. All right, you're, you're swaying me. I can't believe you're going to get me there. Maybe. Yeah, the Dolphins really haven't done anything. Do you mind if I make a short joke? Not about you, but just in general? I have no... Like, I've been short my whole life. It's not, a, it's not like a plot twist for me. I just want to be respectful. Thank you. Me and the Dolphin fan arguing is like a five foot four guy and a five foot three guy arguing about who's taller. Well, and let's let just point out for the audience so I don't get a caller. It's like, yeah, I played basketball with Jerry and he is five three. I'm not five three. No, I didn't say that. that. No, I'm just let's we gotta be clear for people out there because then they're gonna call in and next thing you know, I'm five two and a half. <laughs> How tall are you? I'm like barely five seven if I stand five, up seven, straight. That's fine. I'm like five nine, and Craig doesn't believe me. He thinks I'm five eight. I say, no, I'm five nine. Oh, uh, well, you definitely would have got buckets in that Upper East Side no, game. No, no, no. Well, mate, I did see the video. You have. It's we, not good. We could work on it. You want Can to work we? on it? <laughs> I could get you there. The reason why the answer is yes is because I love playing sports, and I do it. Like, I just don't I, – I don't do well, but I do it. Like, I run a baseball league every Sunday, and I try to play. I play pickleball with my wife. I play basketball. I'm really bad at it, and I own my badness. I am not embarrassed by it. It is what it is. So going out and playing is great because it's good exercise. I'm getting old, Jerry. Almost catching up to you. I got to go out and, you know, work the heart, work the muscles. You know what I'm saying? No, I think I think pickleball a great route for you. Have you played it? Uh, no, but I've watched and I get it. I get it. And it's a workout. I'm not trying. I know pickleball is like a thing. Do I know? Do I think it? Do I know if it's going to be a widely televised sport that you and Craig are talking about on a Monday? I don't know. Well, what I would say is when you go back home and you have some time, you and your wife should have a date playing pickleball, right? Be a lot of fun. That's and then, a, and then after call. you do that, the next time you come to New York, 
I'm going to kick your ass in pickleball. All right. As long as we can have a three-point contest after. Just to, just to cleanse after the loss? Like, I got to get a win. I got to get a win somewhere. <laughs> that's, a, that's a deal right there. I'll give you that. Uh, Toll-free numbers 877-337-6666. The latest with Aaron Rodgers. Kodai Senga's interesting workout. And a story I'd never heard before about Kobe Bryant that we'll share coming up. It- <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's Carton and Roberts on the fan. WFAN, WFAN-FM, and WFAN.com. A blockbuster trade in the NFL. Now that I got that out of the way, the Bears are trading the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers. It is Carton Roberts, Jerry Ferrara sitting in. We just saw this from Adam Schefter, the number one overall pick to Carolina. And listen to this return that the Chicago Bears are walking away with. And we kind of figured this was going to happen. Ryan Poles is pretty honest about it. They're getting the number nine overall pick from Carolina. They're getting the 61st overall pick, which is obviously a second-round pick. They're getting a first-round pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, plus DJ Moore. So they're giving Justin Fields another weapon. So right off the top, yeah, I got to feel pretty good if you're the Bears. Two number ones, two second-round picks, and a new toy for Justin Fields to play with in return for the number one overall pick. It's not shocking. I guess it's just surprising that it happened right now in this moment. Not shocking, but what that is a fantastic trade for the Bear. That's yeah. a lot. I mean, I, I obviously that means the Panthers know who they want, and that's what they had to do to get the player they wanted. That's a haul. That is a haul. But you knew it would be only because you're trading the number one overall pick. Right. You get, and in this case, it's not a team going from three to one or four to one or even two to one to assure they get their guy. It's a team going eight spots from nine to one. So that's a pretty big jump. 
And I agree with you. Off the top, obviously, who knows who they're drafting at nine? Who knows where they're picking next year? But to add a weapon right off the top to Justin Fields, who they're fully invested in, my first reaction is hell of a trade. Good job. Yeah, and look, you know they're going to have a, the Panthers are going to have a rookie quarterback next year. Yes, uh, if that player needs some time, which I know rookie quarterbacks are expected to compete instantaneously and be good, but if uh, if the player needs some time, that pick in twenty twenty four could also be a top eight. Pick it probably is even if they win if they win seven games it's you know six games that's uh, which wouldn't be necessarily terrible for a rookie quarterback that's that's what eight nine ten overall I think it's a good pick yeah like that's maybe, a great trade maybe they stun us and win the division because the NFC South is so wide open even after the Derek Carr trade true but you're right like if I'm the Chicago Bears I'm thinking to myself I'm getting another really good value in the first round and DJ Moore. Uh, took the belt for me of guy I want to see on a different team because the quarterback's so bad. Right. Allen Robinson used to hold that belt on the <laughs> on the Bears that we're speaking right. of, and then obviously he still went to L.A. and it was not great. DJ Moore this past year now had yes. that belt of w- receiver I'd love to see with a different quarterback, well, any quarterback. So that's going to be really cool to watch. Yeah, no doubt. And so then it leads to the simple question of, all right, Carolina is going for it with a young quarterback, which I think we figured picking ninth anyway. They weren't really linked to many of these veterans. I did see them linked to Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think that may have been along the lines of veteran caretaker, which they could also do with Sam Darnold if they want. But it leads to which one? Is it Bryce Young? Is it Will Levis? Probably not. Is it C.J. Stroud? Or is it the guy that wowed everybody at the combine and Anthony Richardson? I would think that the Panthers have already identified who they're trading up for, but I don't think we're sitting here with an obvious answer to that question. No, it's it's too, there's too much variance this year. I don't think there is a clear cut number one. I think, but I yeah, I, I really wish I had. To, I don't have any feel for who the which way the Panthers might be leaning right now. I'm sure that'll come out as in the next few days, hopefully. But it felt like the momentum for everybody was with Richardson because of just the his body, right. just because of his his size, his workout at the combine, just the wow factor that he has. And it did feel like he was booming up draft boards. And I remember reading a few days ago from a draft expert saying, don't be surprised if he goes number one overall. Like, that's how far he's rising. So if you're the Carolina Panthers and you've identified who you think is the franchise quarterback, you do not mess around. I'm a supporter of that. So I supported Gettleman when he drafted Daniel Jones. If he believed he was the guy, don't wait with your second first-round pick. Just go get him. Right. Uh, and look, I defended the I defended Gettleman a little bit, but I do say I think it was pretty good intel that you could have got him with your second pick. Yeah, but why mess around? Uh, I'm with you. I defended it. I okay. I totally defended it. But uh, that was the extreme case, I think, in that situation. I would be more upset by drafting a guy too. I'd be more upset about not getting the guy I wanted because I got too cute thinking I could get him later than just overly aggressively drafting the guy. But he's the guy. You know what I mean? And that's why. If it is Richardson, I'm not screwing around thinking he's going to fall to me at nine. I'm just like if I was Gettleman, I'm not fooling around just thinking I'm going to get Daniel Jones later in the first round. You identify a guy, go get that guy. Which which makes my mind go to a place, and this is not the this might be a stupid place, but you know who's on the hook a little bit? The Houston Texans, because they you know if if it just so happens that the Panthers guy is the guy you really well, needed and you that messed guy, the whole thing up yeah that guy turns out to be generational you won that last game with Lovey Smith congratulations well, you, you did it you did you it. don't think that as a jet fan we live with that every day with Trevor Lawrence of course that, that season and I'm 
I don't know how you are as a fan, and you've had experience with this, specifically with the Knicks, where you're better off losing. Everybody tells you you're better off losing. NBA's a little different because of the lottery, but I've never been a fan of that. Like, if I lose, it's a lottery. Same thing in football. Like, I didn't sit there rooting against the Jets, even though I knew they were better off losing games. But obviously, sitting here these years later, if the Jets just lost every game like we expected, we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers right now. True. We're not. We're talking about Trevor Lawrence and whatever that means. You know, maybe they, they would have been a playoff team. I don't know how far they go, but we'd be settled. So it's easy to look back and say that, but I know as a fan, I can't sit there rooting against my own team. Have you done that? No, and especially with the Knicks because – and I think basketball is different, obviously, because I think it's more relevant with football because you knew at that point, if you're Houston, hey, if we lose this game, we get the number one pick. You still don't know that in basketball. Right. You could be coming into the last game and, you know, you lose that game and you could – the Knicks never get the first – you know, the lottery balls have not went the Knicks way since Patrick <laughs> Ewing, and that was an envelope back then. So I think it's more relevant with football and also – Benching your starters for a meaningless game, it's a violent sport. So it's not like you're saying, we didn't choose to win. You're like, you know what, guys? Shut it down. Don't take the hits. Sit this one out. We're going to play all second unit. Hopefully we lose a close game and get the first overall pick. I wouldn't love being a fan rooting for that, but I think I'd be happy with the result. Now, you are in good shape right now. Hanging on for dear life, but yes. Did you ever uh, blow up balloons as a way to exercise your body? Uh, that has never been a way I've looked. No, and it sounds like a much better way than actually waking up and go to the gym. Yeah, I mean, I read today, I saw this in the post this morning, that Kodai Senga blows up balloons in between starts and deflates it and then blows it up again. And his reasoning is, I'm using my young's lungs and opening up my body and closing it the way I want to. And apparently this is a thing that physical therapists recommend. That blowing up balloons works out your intercoastal muscles and can help lung capacity. So I don't know about you, but when I get home tonight and I'm watching Nets T-Wolves, I'm just blowing up balloons tonight. Are you going to be able to do that, though, with all the nerves, knowing that you benched your entire team <laughs> against the winnable game? Are you going to be able to like relax and blow no. and really blow up a balloon in that nervous state? I'm not going to be able to do it, mostly because I can't blow up a balloon. <laughs> Me neither. I have trouble doing that, too. I can't do it. I <laughs> It sounds I'm not terrible. alone. At least you can't do it. either. I can't do it either. And I'm all for like gimmicky. Give me an exercise. Give me a weird exercise. I love it. Sure. I, I can't blow up a balloon. Yeah, I can't do it. I don't know what the hell the reason is for both of us, but like when I'm trying to blow up a balloon, like a kid's birthday party, I try for a second. I'm like, oh, honey, can you do this? I gotta go. And then she does it. Like my parents are able to do it. My everyone's able to do it. You have, I have weak, no- weak intercoastal muscles. Yeah, I got very weak intercoastal muscles, and clearly my lungs are bad. <laughs> Let's hear from a Panthers fan. Walter in Cedarhurst. Congratulations, Walter. Don't congratulate me. I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Walk us through it. Why do you hate the Panthers trading for the number one overall pick? Well, one, I, I like DJ Moore. I thought he was a great receiver, and now uh, whoever we draft is going to have no one to throw to. Besides Terrace Marshall and LaVisca Chenault, who are all right, and I'd like to see them um, prosper. But the thing I hate about this trade is giving up the, num- the 20, uh, 2024 first-round pick. That's going to be a top five pick. Yeah, that's the thing that stuck out to me because I don't mind the, you know swapping for nine in the, in the second, the multiple seconds. It's that pick next year. That's what yeah. stuck out to me is the, whoa, that could it's, be. That's the one that stuck out to me as the problem. You're in a spot, and I think you already knew this to begin with. Whoever you draft number one overall, that guy better be Patty Mahomes. That guy better be a franchise, no doubt about it, quarterback. <laughs> 
because you gave up a lot. And look, it's not the end of the world. Look at the Niners. They gave up a lot for Trey Lance. What the hell's he done? He hasn't done anything yet. But they gave up an awful lot. And you took away a receiver that that young quarterback could have used, by the way. Yeah, I would say if they, I don't know what those negotiate. I would have said one or the other. You could have DJ Moore or the first, and they would have probably picked the first. So I would have held on to DJ Moore because DJ Moore would never get a first round, you know, pick in a trade. Yeah. So I think you could. Have, I don't know. You would think that maybe you could have snuck on and held on to DJ Moore if you. I don't know. So looking at the dra- uh the betting odds on this is interesting because not that the betting odds always tell us the future, but the betting odds give us a hint of the maybe reaction, where things yeah, are Yeah, the going. chain reaction. So. Right now, the number one pick market at sportsbooks is down. Everybody's taking it down, which makes sense. There's a new team who owns it. Everyone's trying to get their intel. Going into this, Bryce Young was the favorite. C.J. Stroud was number two. Anthony Richardson was number three. I bet you Will Levis was fourth, but probably with long, long odds. I'd be so curious when these sportsbooks go back online, who's the favorite? Like, a part of me thinks it's it's going to turn out to be Anthony Richardson. Well, his numbers are definitely going to go. Uh, either way, if he's not the favorite, he might slide into number two favorite. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you. I think that I, it just feels like that's why you make a trade like this, where you have a guy you know you can't ever get, and right. you believe that guy is your generational franchise-changing quarterback. Is it possible they made the trade not knowing which guy they're selecting, but they feel comfortable, hey, we're getting to pick amongst the quarterbacks? Doesn't that feel like a, hey, could we slide into the three or four slot kind of trade? Yeah, which is what McCagnan did when they traded up for Sam Donald months before the draft or a month before the draft. They didn't know who was going to be there, but I guess the assumption was, all right, we at the bare minimum get the third choice of quarterbacks. Turned out to be the second. And maybe that's the case point for why you don't do that because Sam Darnold is now not going to be the starter in Carolina. So they had the case study right in front of them. Look, when you trade up for quarterbacks, uh, not not all of them. Patrick Holmes was traded up, but into the top five. If you trade into the top five to select a quarterback, the track record is awful. It doesn't mean this is going to be a failure. It just means, you know, just going through history. Recently, it's been a failure. When teams go to the top five to draft a quarterback, obviously Mahomes was not in the top five. Right. The Chiefs traded up, and it's an all-timer. You know, it's, you can look back at that as one of the greatest decisions Andy Reid and the Chiefs ever made, considering how good he is. So it'll be fascinating to follow this, but yeah, the Bears didn't waste any time. The number one pick is gone. I think that's a cool part of the day that happened that's not Aaron Rodgers, because we could still bring it back. It's If you're not seeing just how important it is to get your guy, yeah, man. the Panthers just double down on go get your guy at all costs. And, and their hope is they got their guy making not crazy amount of money for five years, and then what Whatever he needs, if he's a franchise quarterback, you pay. Because finding a franchise quarterback, look, the Jets have never found one. Even if they get Aaron Rodgers, they'll have one for two years. Like, we, the Jets haven't had a true franchise quarterback since Joe Namath. Yeah, it bothered Because to hit on so many picks that are not quarterbacks, you know, that was so impressive what they did last year in the draft. And then to whiff so badly on... <laughs> Two quarterbacks. Yeah, it, it, it's it's franchise-changing. Franchise-changing. Let's go to Marlon in Rocky Point, New York. What's up, Marlon? <laughs> hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, I just wanted to ask Jerry uh, one thing. I uh, I just recently saw that movie, uh, Las Vegas, and uh, I thought he had a cool role in that, man. Uh, Jerry, how was it on the set with those Giants? Oh, that was amazing. So, yeah, he's referring to a movie, Las Vegas, basically like Senior Citizen Hangover. It's Robert De Niro, Morgan Freeman, Michael Douglas, Kevin Klein in Vegas. It was amazing. 
Uh, quick story. Uh, in my chair where they like, you know, put your name. It was all. It was next to De Niro's and all these. Guys, and they spelled my name wrong. I was like, that's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. And De Niro works kid hours. Only works eight hour days. Really? You're, it's nine to five. That's Normally, his. That's uh, his rule. That's De Niro. I don't. Yeah. That right. I'm on set for seventeen hours. <laughs> He's on nine to five. I'm out. How do they spell your name wrong, by the way? F A R R A R A. Farrara. Oh, Farrara. Yeah, almost like a Brett Favre spelling. Were you, were you pissed off? It just sucked for the picture <laughs> I took. It wasn't a great picture, but it's funny now. I'm a big fan, and Big Mac and Loogie, you guys should have your own show. Take care, guys. Well, they do have their own show. Loogie does the bridge show three times a week. Big Mac does twice. it twice a week. I do it three times. Oh, I'm a week. sorry. Big Mac does it three times a week. Just, Lugie does it I mean, twice a nobody week. Nobody knows what I do here. And Lugie's that on. felt intentional. That felt intentional. Oh, I know he's messing. Around. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I, and you are you're on tonight, aren't you? On tonight? Well, tomorrow morning, two a.m. All right, he's on at two a.m. But I the hustle is real. I understand. You want more? This guy wants more of Tommy and uh, Big Mac. Maybe you'll get it. Maybe I'll Who take a week it? off. Let's see if Big Mac's prepared for this. I'm not. Oh, come on. So here's some audio I want to play for you. All right? Oh, you want me to get that for yeah, you? Yeah, so get the audio because I thought this. I never knew this. So Kobe Bryant is fascinating in that he had two careers with two numbers, essentially. He wore number eight, and then I think it was 2006, he switches his number to 24. And Kobe Bryant, like, this is amazing, scored 16,777 points with number eight, 16,866 points with number 24. So basically, same amount of points. He split the championships, obviously had the dynasty with Shaq, and then two more with the Pau Gasol Lakers. So you could look at Kobe Bryant as two different players with those two different numbers. And he has both numbers retired by the L.A. Lakers, completely well-deserved. But this isn't a Jordan 45 thing. We wore it for a few weeks, got insulted by, who was the Orlando Magic player who insulted him and then he changed back to 23? <laughs> I think it was Nick Anderson of all yeah, people. Yeah, He was like, yeah, I think you're right. 45 ain't 23. And Jordan's like, okay, and switches his number back to 23. So he only wore 45 for a few weeks. But I always thought that the reason Kobe switched numbers was I want a clean break. I want to kind of, look, obviously everything that happened in Vail, Colorado and everything that happened in terms of what he was accused of and his reputation, and then Phil Jackson's gone, and Shaq is gone. So not just a personal, but a career, hey, I'm putting the line in the sand. This is the second part of my career. And I think that's what Kobe said publicly, right? He has spoken about this. If I'm, if I'm rem- Maybe I'm misremembering because uh, you know I've gone on deep dives looking up Post career Kobe stuff and right. what he said. I thought he spoke on the number the number change thing, and it was something like that, like clean start, right. new regime, past is the past, future is the future. I uh, thought, but I could be wrong. Apparently, Kobe wasn't telling us the truth because Kevin Garnett, once a net, always a net, uh, was <laughs> on a pod. Let, I think it was the Stephen Jackson Matt Barnes one where they uh, and they uh, do a great job. Yeah, yeah, all, all the, the smoke, smoke, all the, all the smoke, smoke. Yeah. And Kevin Garnett revealed the real reason Kobe Bryant picked the number 24 when he switched off number eight. So instead of me reading it or describing it, ladies and gentlemen, the great Kevin Garnett. People don't even know what the 24 stand for. People don't even understand that that that, that was a sign to everybody that he was a step above 23, if, if y'all even got that. That's why he went with 24? That's why he went with 24. And that was a shot at Mike. 
<laughs> Straight up. Like, I'm better than you. It really, it really stood on it. And if you look at every, 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 um, every goal or every record that Mike Jordan has had, Cole chased it. Yeah, he didn't catch it, but he chased it. Um, I don't mean that as a shot, but he's not Michael Jordan. Kobe's an all-time great player. He's not. This is Kevin Garnett. I don't think Kevin Garnett is necessarily just going to make this story up. No. But maybe Kobe would never want to reveal this story because it may not make him look good to a lot of people because Jordan's the GOAT. And you can't argue with some that Jordan's the GOAT. So is this Kevin Garnett revealing a deep secret of Kobe Bryant's real reason for 24? Or is it BS? Your thoughts? Either way, it's not BS. And what I mean by that is maybe it's one of two things. Either it's the real story, and that's why Kobe did it, and Kevin Garnett just revealed something we did not know. Or Kobe changed his number for some of the reasons he maybe said publicly. And then when he, like, sees Michael Jordan, it's like, (laughs) oh, by the way, there's a little aside 24 is one more than 23, like an aside. You yeah. know, it's just convenient that it's also one more than 23. I think both those things could be true. He is not BSing. I don't think Garnett BSs like that. Yeah. But uh, I I thought that that there was more information on the number change already out there before the story. Either way, it's a cool story. Yeah, well, because Kobe publicly, and look, what Kobe says publicly may not be what right. he's telling right. his friends. Right. Like publicly, I don't know if saying that publicly is necessarily would have been a good thing for him. Because Jordan is revered. You know, he's revered. And to say, oh, yeah, I want 24 because I'm one better. Well, you know what the natural reaction is going to be? The natural reaction is going to be like, dude, you're not better than Jordan. Right. And they were so close, right? We saw how when yeah. Jordan spoke at, you know, in the Staples Center when Kobe passed, they were so close. Uh, I'm going to say maybe it's all of the things are true. Maybe all the reasons he said publicly are true. And then maybe behind closed doors that obviously didn't want the public right. to know. Because I do know, like, Kobe would talk trash to anyone, oh, Michael yeah, Jordan yeah, yeah, yeah. included. So yeah. I can I buy him saying that to MJ. Well, and the other thing I totally buy is so early in Kobe's career, I couldn't stand them. I, I eventually came around to respecting and appreciating. But I'll give you the reasons. There, some of them make sense. Some of them maybe I'm nuts. Number one, the Nets should have drafted him, and that's <laughs> yes. not his fault. Even though he threatened to not sign with the Nets, basically, if you draft me, I'm not going to play here. John Calipari takes Kerry Kittles. Okay, that's number one. Number two. Beat my team's ass in the NBA Finals. But number three, here's the real reason I didn't like Kobe. I always thought he was imitating Michael Jordan. I always thought he tried to sound like him in interviews. I always thought he tried to imitate his game. And while there's flat flattery in terms of imitating somebody, like we all imitate people we love, it bothered me. I was like, wait a second. Dude, you are, you're great. You're very good. You're not Michael. And I, it especially bothered me during interviews because I felt like he was doing a Jordan imitation. I think eventually, probably around 08 or 09, I started to say, you know something? This guy's an all-time great. I never felt like he was imitating him anymore, and he kind of separated himself. So, you know, Kobe's an all-time great player I have great respect for, but early in his career, dude, you didn't notice that? So, I, you know, I, I lived in L.A. 20 years, so I had a front-row seat to all the Kobe Bryant years. I was basically in L.A., and I went to a lot of games for his entire career. I, of course, noticed that, and I think – since he's retired, we really found out how close him and MJ truly were. The thing I didn't love, like, early on, I just wanted him and Shaq to figure it out. Because as much I as know, I hated man. losing to the league, you know, and I'm sure you didn't enjoy your Nets teams getting smacked, that that combo we should have seen for, like, 10 years. Because yes. it really would have been a chance at six rings. Yeah. You know, you would have really been in some rarefied air. Uh, but I, I do, I loved everything that he did to recover. The Pal Gasol thing is one of the most... 
the biggest trade that swung a league. Oh god! Not not a series, not a game. It swung a league. Yeah. Luckily, Marcus all ended up being decent because he was involved. Yeah, in the, the trade. trade ended up not being that bad. Right, it's not that time. bad. Oh my god! But yeah. it could have been all time bad. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I I. I've grown so much, not even since he passed. Like in his retirement, I really went deep on like Kobe stuff. And uh, the, I, yeah, the best Kobe stuff is finding old interviews with him. Like, yes. have you done that? Like, just listening him to do interviews where he reveals these stories <laughs> yeah. about Shaq and everything. It's fascinating. Yeah, to and hear. I love some of his old press conferences when I think they went up 2 1 on Boston or 3 1 or something. They were asking if he was happy, and he's like, Job's not finished. Right. Why, why, why would I be happy? Like, and he's looking at the reporter like, you. I can't believe you just asked us a dumb question. Yeah, what a disgusting question. I'm happy question. being up 2 1. <laughs> yeah. 2 1 ain't 4 1, pal. Right. Until it's 4 1, it means nothing. Uh, we say goodbye to SNY. Show has been delivered to you by Grubhub. Yeah, I don't know if it's true, but it's an awesome story. So good job, Kevin Garnett. We appreciate you uh, giving that to us. Now, Jerry, I appreciate you coming in. You got a flight to make. Thank you very much for coming in for four hours. Hopefully I was not too obnoxious to you. No, no, you were great. I actually feel – I'm mad at myself. I think I was too nice to you and Jeff fans today. <laughs> and I would not ex- – if I ever come back to wow. guest host, I wouldn't expect that in the future. But either way, it was a privilege, and I love this place. It was awesome to be here. Well, no, you honestly did a fantastic job. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming in. Uh, I'll come back in a little bit. We'll take you right up till 630. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.